Welcome to the Family Movie Night Podcast, episode 33. In light of the movie we are talking about uh, today, this is 1998's Rush Hour. Uh, I wanted to ask my wonderful co-hosts, if if your life was a buddy cop movie like Rush Hour or A Lethal Weapon or something along those lines, what movie or TV show character would you want to be your partner. So let's go here to uh, the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey. Donnie, uh, who are you having as your uh, as your partner, man? Uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna have Agent K. Oh, I think you just won the whole thing. That didn't even <laughs> pop in my head, but man, those are good. From, great answer. Just to just to clarify, Agent K, Tommy Lee Jones from Men in Black. Uh, perfect answer. Oh, that is such. A I do answer. like that you're just casting yourself as Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I love that. Okay, and then of course uh, we've already heard from him, the villain of our podcast. In in this uh, case, uh, uh, Ken Lung's song from uh, Rush Hour, uh, Kung Fu Master himself, Mister Sawyer Hewlett. I'm gonna cast myself in another buddy cop plot, and uh, I'm gonna go with Murtaugh, Roger Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon. You're okay. casting yourself as Murtaugh? No, I'm casting oh. myself as Rick in this situation. Okay, I'm But clearly Mel you Gibson. are the Gary Busey villain of this. <laughs> no, no, I'm the edgy, I'm the maverick cop. I kidnapped okay. your family and I'm not going to give them back. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, Gary Busey in that movie is ridiculously kind of comically dumb, but all no, he's the best. He oh, don't even talk about Lethal Weapon, best Christmas movie of all time. Go ahead. Oh, it is a great Christmas movie. Okay, yeah. but I, I I want Murtaugh as my as my my partner in in solving I like it. crimes. I think that's good. That's good, man. Getting too old. All right, Heidi Cooper, uh, bringing some uh, some some grace to this uh, with your children in the background this morning, yeah. <laughs> full on mom mode. Uh, so who who are you? If you had to if you had to have a, a buddy cop life. Who's your partner? For sure. It's an easy answer. I'm going to be Mark Wahlberg and the other guys, and my partner is Will Ferrell. And I think it's because between the two of them, I could take either one, but I think I've got a little edge to me. Yeah. So I'm going to go with me being Mark Wahlberg. I just, I don't think Will Ferrell has enough edge for me. I'm surprised nobody said, um, Bad Boys or uh Oh Bad or Boys oh my God. Martin Lawrence. <laughs> oh man, Martin Lawrence. Man, that would be the best. <laughs> Family Movie Night podcast, uh, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. My name is Nathan, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful uh, co-host, the hero of the podcast, Ronnie Donnie Dorsey, the villain of the podcast, Sawyer Hewlett, and uh, today just fully taking on the mom role, uh, trying to keep us all in line. Heidi Cooper, not only having to keep us in line, but also her own kids in line. Uh, it's a tough life, Heidi. It's a tough it life. It is. Yeah. Somebody's got to be the mom around here. 
someone has to do it. Someone has to do it. And the rest of us have to help you with your computer. So yes, exactly. <laughs> also the mom role. Just so. make sure you make sure that I'm actually present. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but today we are talking about a great film uh, from 1998 uh, called Rush Hour, uh, which you most likely will see on TNT uh, one Thursday night. Well, not Thursday night because well, when basketball is not in session. Uh, most likely you're just going to be watching this on TNT in reruns, or as I used to call these uh, movies like this, uh, uh, these are perfect hotel room movies. When you're just stuck in a hotel and HBO's playing something, it's rush hour. So you as a family, you're on vacation over the summer, rush hour comes on TV. We want to talk to you about how to have a conversation uh, about this movie. Now, we will say, if you're not watching an edited for TV version, which I think this movie edited for TV would have to be hilarious, uh, what words they substitute, because oh. this is a PG-13 movie, and uh, they, there's a fair amount of language. Uh, it's funny to me watching this. I don't know what you guys' experience was watching this movie, um, but there aren't a lot of PG-13 movies that have this amount of language anymore did you guys yeah. did you guys did, that, did you notice that yeah yeah i noticed it i i remember like i actually i wasn't allowed to watch this movie until i was 12 or 13 and my parents just stopped caring and i was like like i they stopped trying my brain. to fight the battle anymore. yeah well like like i had built it up i was like this is the greatest comedy in the world i haven't been allowed to watch it it therefore must be incredible and i watched it and i was like it's good and now i watch it, i'm like I, I like it a lot more because it's just it's so different it's a it's a time capsule but at the time i was like oh that was that was okay so this is funny to me so you're talking about not being allowed to watch it we went and saw this movie in theaters and i was eight years old when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> and my brother was five so i know for a hundred percent fact we went to the uh the i remember sitting in the dollar theater in fayetteville watching this movie uh, back awesome. before the Dollar Theater, for those of you, uh, Donnie, and I don't know, Heidi, if y'all went to, did y'all go to Dollar Movies at uh, in Fayetteville? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, we've talked a lot at the beginning. Of this. I will say, uh, you should go as a parent, uh, if if language is something that kind of bothers you for your kids, this may be something for your, for your older kids uh, to watch, so you may want to go to IMDB. They always have a parent's guide, and they will tell you specifically what words are used and how many of those words are used. So if that's an issue uh, for you, as always, uh, all of my children watch this movie. So I have, uh, I will not judge anyone who allows their kids to watch it, but we always, we don't want to put you as a parent in any awkward situations, but there's been a lot of preamble. We haven't even said yet, Donnie Dorsey, tell them what we do on this podcast. Yeah. So on this podcast, we encourage every family, a community Christian church to have a monthly movie night. To help you and your children build memories and start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that will help you build some stronger relationships. And, you know, movie nights are great opportunities to do that because movies, um, you know, they're an easy way to share you know, um, a lot of different emotions. And with with this movie in particular, you know, I think about laughter and joy together. Um, but, you know, they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most to us in ways that are meaningful and memorable with our children. And this is a movie that I think is actually very memorable, if I'm being honest. Um, but on this podcast, we, uh, we want to, you know, we're going to recommend some movies that you can watch on a movie night. Um, but more than that, we want to give you some ideas for meaningful conversations that you can have with your children 
uh, during or after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add another thing to your to-do list as a parent that you would feel guilty about not doing. We just want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together so that you can build memories and have conversations that matter. So throughout our conversation today, remember that we want to have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus with your kiddos. And, you know, the idea really behind this whole podcast is is what Heidi was saying there right at the end, which is we believe if we can help you watch movies that you're already watching, right? You're watching, like I said, this movie comes on TV all the time. You're watching these movies and you can find ways to have conversations with your kids about maybe not even Jesus, but just aspects of life with Jesus. The more they are formed into people who think and act and speak like Jesus, uh, well, then Jesus just becomes more beautiful to them. And so this movie, we think, is a great opportunity to do that. Uh, in case you haven't seen Rush Hour, uh, it is a movie about a loyal and dedicated Hong Kong inspector, played by Jackie Chan. And he teams up with a reckless and loudmouth LAPD detective. Uh, what I love is that this is LAPD detective. And Chris Tucker could not sound more like a dude from Atlanta. Uh, but yes, Chris Tucker, LAPD detective. Uh, to rescue the Chinese consul's kidnapped daughter while trying to arrest a dangerous cr- uh, crime lord along the way. Uh, normally, the IMDb descriptions of movies are terrible. That was a great description. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know about the plot. Maybe it's because everything's a lot simpler when you're not having to find Infinity Stones. So, uh, <laughs> when I don't have to explain 22 well, movies of backstory... And- and in the in the synopsis, you're trying to hide Infinity Stones. <laughs> yes, yeah. Every 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 movie now. I just so here's what I'll say as we're getting started with. Hey, let's just talk about this movie and why it's fun. This movie obviously is a throwback. This is going to be tough. Next year, this movie will be 25 years old. Uh, it will be a classic movie as of next year, which is just uh, bizarre. But um, is this a classic? Yeah. Once you hit 25 on anything. No, 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 no. I know it's 25 years old. But is it like a classic classic is the thing? I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Like, You're saying it's not good enough to be a classic? Are we going to yeah. have a fight here? Uh, look, it's good. I don't know. It's the basis of 90% of all buddy cop movies I was just saying, that have gone follows, after it. Yeah, it follows the buddy cop formula so perfectly. I can't think. I can't honestly think of many buddy cop movies that top it in 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 range of popularity. Okay, that's in cultural crazy. resonance. Yeah. In terms of, uh, I wouldn't even say quality. I think this is a just top I, notch. I don't have like beef or anything. I was just curious what we all think of the quality of the movie. So. As the hero, I'm yeah. offended. Let's talk about what actually uh, works about this movie. And so, what I was going to say was what feels like a throwback to this movie. If you are a parent who feels like every time I go to the movie, my kids have ha- have to watch seven movies prior to seeing this current before we filmed we talked about the latest jurassic world movie if you feel like in order for my kids to understand going to see jurassic world dominion they also have to see all five other jurassic park movies because there's going to be characters brought back or if they're going to go see doctor strange in the multiverse of madness they have to also see seven other movies to understand it this is a movie that is so simplistic uh and even though it is from 25 years ago to me does not feel dated. I don't know. No, does anyone doesn't. else? Yeah, I no, mean, it does feels it, good. Yeah, it's if 
it feels right in the midst. So, Donnie, why don't you talk a little bit? I know you and I have actually talked a lot about this movie uh, just over the years and how much both of us just love this movie. So, Donnie, where were you in 1998 when you saw this movie, and how do you feel about it today? Let's see, 98, that would have been probably high school. Yeah. So, I, I say this movie, uh, it holds up really well. Um, it's it's a lot of movie packed into like 90 minutes or so. of. Yeah. And it has all the little things you need. It has the comedy. It has the action. Um, there is like just everything, like the physical comedy, like the just the, the words that like the stuff they come up with, like the back and forth, the jargon between he and uh, Chris Tucker, like Lee and Chris Lee and now I can't think of his name. Carter and Carter, Lee and Carter, like their back and forth, their dynamic of how they work together. And all the subplot characters that also work really well within the within the scope, I just thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the that's one of the things that I love about this movie is that all the characters, whether they're you know the main or not, like very insignificant characters, are so, they add so much to the comedy level of of the movie. Yes. The captain, even the little girl, where every time she sees Lee, she kicks him. <laughs> yes perfect well yeah. one of my favorite characters in the whole movie is elizabeth pena as johnson who's uh -huh. the like the bomb squad detective she is just perfect in her timing like she's just done with carter as the movie begins <laughs> like she's just done with his nonsense and then there's kind of this like will they won't they towards the end of the movie which really has almost no setup i mean they talk they say something earlier like a one line kind of thing. Yeah. And then they have this like chemistry together. That's not romantic. I don't mean like the movie has this romantic subplot, but as you were talking about just packing everything into 90 minutes, the actors are carrying a lot in this movie. And I feel like we don't see that in a lot of movies anymore. It feels like every movie now has to be two hours and 25 minutes long because the script has to spell everything out for everybody. Yeah. There's no room for the actors to just imply things. That's what I mean by uh, Elizabeth Pena's character is everything is almost implied. There's yeah. no moment where they sit and have a romantic thing and we've got to flesh that out for her to have a real character. She's really a character without this, but both of them kind of imply that, I don't know, was I the only person who gathered there might be chemistry between the two? Yeah, well, and she's just disgusted by him. I think it's funny because he thinks there's chemistry. Yes. <laughs> he, well, what? Him and you are the only ones who see it. <laughs> well, Otherwise she's just, she's just shooting him down right and left. And he says, and that, that conversation where they have, and then he asks her about <laughs> what she's wearing at the end of it. It's a very serious conversation. She agrees to help. And then he's like, so what do you wear? You know, and she just hangs up. And like yeah. that is all she needed to do. <laughs> like well, what I love over. is, and maybe this is it. She treat he she treats him the way my wife treats me. So <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's what so basically, is. your maybe. wife has been trying maybe. to avoid you since she met you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so, a gigantic L on the podcd so. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's what it is. I will say uh, just for people that was behind Heidi from the video version of the podcast. Her husband just walked in, but he was blurred out in the background. I didn't want people to think that Heidi was being mugged on the podcast. <laughs> there was just a man walking in behind I'm her. I'm safe. So. <laughs> I'll Heidi let you guys fine. know my safe word next time. So <laughs> there you, go. you can call for help if I need that's it. That's right. 
Okay, very good. All right, Sawyer, you already had some hot takes about Rush Hour that uh, all of us have now decided you are the villain of the podcast. But can you give us some positive takes of Rush Hour, please? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I you know, I, I, I'm always a sucker for a good Jack, Jackie Chan flick just to start off. Like, I, I don't know what my first Jackie Chan movie was. This is, this is my favorite English language Jackie Chan movie for sure. Um, I, I really enjoy a lot of the, you know, the, the comedic Kung Fu sequences in this movie. Um, and also, I mean, look, Chris Tucker is like his comedic timing is on point in this movie. Um, and like, I'm not a Chris Tucker is just generally not my flavor of comedy. That being said in this movie, he is fantastic. I think, um, so your, your takes are just Friday. Come on, man. Like, let's, I mean, I think that he is a not as good part as Ice Cube and Cuba Gooding Jr. in that movie. That's my take. Anyway, um, but with this movie, you know, I, I have a lot of fun watching this movie. Um, you broke Nathan. You just broke I Nathan. <laughs> I, I, am, I am beyond. Look, man, you're in the ATL now. You gotta, you gotta drop that ice cube nonsense of bringing oh. ice cube in is the best part of Friday. You're in the ATL. This is Chris Tucker's home, home country. This is we, we stand for Chris Tucker every day. Uh, yeah, look, I like Chris Tucker too. Okay, in this movie, and uh, and so I, I think that you know, I think the action in this movie is actually like really good. Um. Yeah, I've already mentioned Jackie Chan. I think that this movie has a surprising amount of heart as well, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, but, and yeah, you hit you hit on it earlier, Nathan. Like, it's such a simple, not cynical, fun movie, and it's and and that it's 90 minutes is just like so nice. Like, I could. This is a movie that, you know, if I'm like hanging out with someone. I, I will have no problems being like, throw on Rush Hour because I know that everyone's going to have a great time watching Rush Hour. I'll say this, for uh, families with either young kids, teenagers, whoever you watch this movie with, I think this movie, uh, because of the way the action kind of plays out and the comedy plays out, the action, and this is very much a Jackie Chan thing, is central to the comedy, right? Like, you have to have that. Donnie, I see you nodding your head. What, what do you think Jackie Chan brings to movie? And I'll say this. I don't think we have anybody who is an equivalent to Jackie Chan in modern movies. Oh, no, not at all. I think the closest we had um, is, well, as far as the equivalent of the abilities, but mm -hmm. not necessarily a comedy, was probably, was probably Jet Li. Right. Um, but, like, I think the thing about with Jackie Chan is everything is interspersed in the actual plot. Like yeah. you see certain things, like even the little thing about how much he respects, like the things that he has and like all the heritage yes. of the, the vases and things when he's catching that vase as he's like, he's protecting this vase while also trying to fight off these people was like, it's hilarious because it shows a character part of him in a yeah. comedic way. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I think I, what's fun for me about that, uh, as once again, as opposed to like kind of modern movie stuff, is the way in which this movie, the stakes are completely different in those action sequences. And I don't even mean like the big stakes of whether the bomb is going to go off or what's yeah. going to happen with the little girl. I mean, you know, in those individual moments, he he really wants to protect this vase 
that's mm-hmm. about to crash. And so he he both has to get rid of this bomb, protect the vase, and beat up the guys who are gone. There's so much that is packed into that that as a uh, it, my kids could not stop laughing. Uh, and the way that he hurts himself but gets hurt, like he's such a you know we live in a world that this may be too behind the scenes for some people. But like both The Rock and Vin Diesel have in their contracts, uh, they've assigned a point system to the damage they take and the damage their characters give out in the movie. And The Rock has it in his contract. He can never lose a fight in that he can never take more punches than he gives uh, uh-huh. because he always has to win the thing. Jackie Chan is like, I will take 30 times the amount of punches that I give. And there's something that's just very fun about that, that this is almost a self-deprecating hero. And you don't really get that. We get a lot of heroes that kind of tease one another, like in the Marvel movies and such. We don't get any that kind of look like a loser, you know? And Jackie Chan does that, but in a very graceful and cool way. Heidi, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, there's so so much of an element of, like, um, like slapstick to the fight scenes yes. that make it yeah so like in the bar but i'm thinking specifically of the one where they make it up to the upstairs and they're fighting <laughs> he yeah. comes in and chris rock is about to get killed or you know beat up or whatever and then they just start going and it's just oh look out behind you both of them and then they like switch it's just so funny and they're ha- like half the time through their fight scenes they're arguing with each other and yep. like yeah. giving each other yeah giving each other crap well, and in some ways, that is like the basic. That maybe that's what feels very modern. In that, a lot of the Marvel movies have kind of taken that that kind of mode of every fight is full of jokes. Like yeah. we're gonna fight each other. Like I think about Captain America: Civil War, where Spider Man is fighting a Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and they're like, "I don't know how many fights you've been in, but people don't usually talk this much." Like <laughs> they're just they're they're joking and they're fighting the whole time, and that feels very much like it comes from Rush Hour. I can't think of many other movies that have that kind of, we're joking with each other, we're fighting. All of that just blends so well. Now, uh, Sawyer, with your hot takes, I know for sure you like Jackie Chan. Don't you come in here. Absolutely. Oh, I love Jackie Chan. Look, that bar scene is, like, awesome. Every, like, the entire sequence is, like, perfectly executed. I I have nothing bad to say about Jackie. Oh, nope, but nope, nope, you don't need to add anything my, else. Is Jackie Chan. Jackie okay. Chan is my favorite part of this movie. That's all that I need to say about him. He is excellent. Before you break the podcast, you're gonna break up this. Speaking of Captain America Civil War, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be what breaks up the team, Toy. It it won't be my technology for once that, yeah. that <laughs> prohibits this from going forward. You, you just be careful what you say about Chris Tucker, man. He's he's a national treasure. All right. Well, let's get to uh, the themes of this podcast. Uh, and uh, and that leads perfectly into it. Uh, the ideas of really what we're trying to talk about uh, in this movie, and it's pretty clear. I mean, the whole movie is really about it, is um, building friendships with people who are different than you, right? People who come from different backgrounds than you, people who are ethnically different than you, people uh, who are from maybe even a different nation than you are. There's a language barrier. There's all different kinds of stuff in this Um uh, movie that kind of go towards that. And obviously, and we've had many conversations about this on this podcast uh, and on our other podcast, the other the weekly podcast for Community Christian, that the church is meant to be the place. Uh, one thing that is unique about the church is it's not just the fact that uh, there is diversity, because in our country and all really all of our world, 
uh, diversity is a fairly common thing. It's the fact that people who are radically different than each other in every sort of way would choose to lay down their lives for one another. People who rightfully know Chris Tucker is the best actor uh, of all time and those who just spout nonsense. Okay, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You just said he's the best actor of all time, okay? <laughs> Hang on, let's get back. But 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 we would love and serve one another and still be on the podcast together. So the fact that the church would be the place uh, that that would happen and to be able to talk to our kids about use this movie as an example of how do we build friendships with people who are different than us. So, uh, Donnie, why don't we start? I know when we, you and I were kind of having this conversation beforehand, uh, the ways that this movie starts, and it really starts from that very first meeting with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, um, of this idea of, of not judging a book by its cover and really just not bringing assumptions, right? Not seeing a person and making an assumption. And obviously, probably the standout line from this movie, as far as what people remember is, uh, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? You know, <laughs> my kids, even now, still saying that. Uh, my kids now started saying that to one another. Uh, so, Donnie, you want to take it from there? What What is what is it uh, about this movie that gives you an opportunity to talk about that idea of assumptions? I think, yeah, definitely with this movie, um, when you're watching it with your kids, like it's very, it's very easy to watch how even from the second that Lee comes off the plane, um, Carter has already decided that, oh, well, this means that I'm going to have like that. He's already decided what he's going to say, what he's going to need to do, what responsibilities he's going to have to have because he's assumed a lot of things about, about um, Lee before he even, you know, meets him. And yeah. I think a lot of times it's the same way. Sometimes we, can in, introduce or interact with others without realizing like, mm -hmm. you know, if say for instance, like if someone catches me on a day where maybe I was working in the yard and I'm covered in mud and I look like I haven't had a shower all day, you might miss mistake me for, you know, someone else or and treat me completely different than you would on a day. Maybe mm -hmm. that you catch me in like a nice suit or like the person that walks into a car dealership and doesn't look like they're, have money because they don't flaunt it. And then mm -hmm. you, you treat them differently because of the way they look or the way you assume or the interactions you've had. And I think this movie really demonstrates that because there's a lot of stereotypical things that like Carter says, you know, like the things that he wants to eat or how he speaks. And he talks really slowly to him or loudly, like, cause it's like the person, like when we stop and, you know, you turn down the radio when you're lost, Cause somehow that's going to make you find things, but yeah. you know, like you're going to hear better, I guess. I don't know. But, um, it's the same way he treats him. He's like, if I talk louder, you'll understand me better. It's like, no, no, that just makes you look silly. Like, but well, and to your point, Donnie, I think it's funny about it is the issue is not that, uh, Jackie Chan Lee doesn't understand Carter. Mm -hmm. The issue is that Chris Tucker Carter doesn't understand Lee and he's not leaving the space. And so what I think is funny is, um, you know, James, uh, one says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to yeah. get angry with, and this happens for most of us. When we think there's an issue where maybe, Hey, they're not understanding me or I'm not understanding them. Our, our, our way to do it is let me just speak louder. Yeah, <laughs> maybe hey. if I get louder or more aggressive or, you know, whatever, what I become more manipulative with my point of view, you know, obviously now I'm taking it more metaphorical, but what I mean is 
that's the way we end up treating people who are different is let me just yell louder. Let yeah, me just go ahead. Because a lot of times we lead with assumptions rather than love. Because right. if you lead if you lead with assumptions, you you have already presumptively put a person in a position that they may not actually be in or something about them that's true before right. you even meet them. But if you lead with love, you're like, okay, I'm just I'm present with you in this conversation, in this moment, we're gonna we're gonna interact. And you're listening, you're you're trying to be present. Whereas when you make assumptions, you walk into that conversation going, all right, look, this is what I know about you. This is what I think about you. And this is how I'm going to treat you. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think so to have a conversation with our kids about it uh, and to be able to say, um, you know, when you meet people, when you interact with people, don't take your first impression. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes we teach our kids it's safer. Hey, if you see a kid who's acting like this or doing that, stay away from that kid. Don't hang out with that kid. That kid's that kid's trouble. That kid's bad news. And 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 for you to 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 kind of teach them, hey, just it's safer for you to stick with people who who have the same. And we often say who have the same goals as you, who have the same ideas as you, and the same whatever. Um, but the problem we know with that, and there's this idea I think, and this often comes about with racism, but I think it comes with everything. Of well, kids don't have prejudice. Kids just don't have it. They're taught it. They don't have it. But you know, there was a study done. I don't remember. I don't remember when it was done, but where they took children um, of all different ethnicities and whatever, and they put down a bunch of different skin-toned baby dolls and asked them to go pick with the one that they thought was most beautiful. And most of the kids would pick the the, the doll that looked like them. And when they would separate, they would take them separate pictures out that. Uh, they said of which people go together and they would put all these different people with different ethnicities. Kids naturally group people who look the same with the same. There's something in their minds and it's not racism in that they've made it moral. They think there's something in us that goes people who look the same should be together. And so kids have that somewhere in the back of their head. And for you as a parent to be able to come in and say, Hey, there's something, isn't it to almost switch it up and go, isn't there something beautiful about all the different skin tones? Isn't there something beautiful about all the different, personalities and uh you know and what we would know they don't understand like social class like all the different income levels and all the different that there's something beautiful about that and that there's something you learn that you can't by being together that you can't learn if you're only with people who look like you mm -hmm. and think like you uh and the, the same is true for ages right you know there's there's a level of i only want to be with people who who had the same experience as i did and all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah, because there's always that idea, like, I mean, I won't say always, but it's constant that idea of a person that's younger than you doesn't have experience nor knowledge um, and or that they're because they're older, that means they know everything. And a lot of times that's not the case because I've known people that are, you know, 10 years younger than me or more. And like their level of maturity and experience and knowledge is far beyond where I was at that age. And right. I, I think a lot of times, like you said, I mean, unintentionally, you know, the kid is just, their minds go to the idea of, well, these things or these things, these people, whatever it is, need to be grouped together and not in the sense of, Hey, I want to divide, but it's the idea of their minds going, well, similar, you know, their minds think of similar. And I think as parents in these conversations, when we're talking about is that the idea is that, before you get to know, before you worry about anything about what you think about this person, let you let take the time to hear from that person because a lot of time it's the idea of 
you know, the person that flips to the back of the book and goes, oh, well, this is what you've done. So that must mean that you're this way. But it's the book that you open that the cover doesn't look quite exciting. But then you open it up and inside all the pages are full of everything that's happening. You're like, wow, you've lived a very storied life. I mean, you know, yeah, you, <laughs> you don't like a person that opens the Bible for the first time. If you see this plain covered book, you go, oh, Bible, it just has two words on it. OK, then you open it up, you start reading. You're like, whoa, OK, OK, this. Oh, OK, guy with a, a OK, through a rock and a giant. OK, this is, you know, like stuff like that. I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah. It's that idea of that sometimes we don't we don't think of those things. Like, I mean, we just we we assume one thing and then we're done. Yeah. Would you say it was similar, Donnie, to a person who maybe moved from Missouri to the ATL and maybe had judged okay. Chris Tucker okay. by we the full. We yeah. full. <laughs> just kidding. Is there any level of innocence that I can claim because of that? Because no. I'll take it. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> You must so grovel no in shame what, before okay. the throne of Chris Tucker. Oh my God. And you can do so at any Atlanta Hawks game because that's where he's hanging out every weekend. So <laughs> he, he's not got anything else going on. So, all right. Heidi Cooper, uh, when we were talking earlier, and to kind of piggyback off of Donnie Dorsey's um, point there about common ground, right? There's this moment towards the end of the second act where, um, Lee and Carter finally do kind of bond and it's over their relationships with their father that they both, both of their fathers were police officers and they kind of have like this legacy they're trying to continue. Can you talk to some degree about how the movie talks about that and how we can talk to our kids about, Hey, instead of judging a book by its cover, try to understand another person's point of view, right? That isn't that what kind of turns the corner for them, but also in all of our relationships as well. Yeah. I think that, you know, them being able to um, connect, you know, and it kind of comes up just, and they're not making really making an effort to get along. (laughs) It just kind of comes up in their banter back and forth. Um, But I think that, you know, kind of like Donnie was saying to, and you were saying um, like to be slower to speak and to, you know, give the opportunity for the other person to, share a little bit about themselves, being open to people and just letting them be who they are and not, not trying to think, okay, well, you know, everybody thinks like me or acts like me or processes things like I do. Um, <laughs> April brought me a flower. Oh, um, I <clears throat> <no. laughs> um, But yeah, so I think that like, to allow people to speak and kind of share a little bit of their own story. But then also to um, when you have those moments with somebody where you can really connect on a deeper level to be willing to be vulnerable and say, yeah, "Yeah," you know, like I, I have a similar experience. And sometimes that's really uncomfortable because there's so many reasons you don't want to make, you don't want to make it all about you. And then there's also like, you know, well, if I start talking about this, like, what are they going to think about? Are they going to look at me different? You know? And so there's so many different, different things that um, make that tough to do, but it really set the tone for their whole relationship. And then before you know it, they're like, uh, Chris Tucker's trying um, Asian food and they're, he's, they're teaching each other how to dance and how to, yeah. and how to uh, do karate and take guns away from people. 
Yes. Yes. But you have all that of those things. Well, and I think to be able to talk to our kids, I think the part you talked about there that was huge, um, Heidi, that's important is the part about being vulnerable because the reasons that we make judgments, the reasons that we make assumptions about people is it feels safer because I, I can keep you at an arm's length and I can just, I know all I need to know about you by the way that you vote, or I know all that I need to know about you by even the way you've treated someone one day, right? Like, so, yeah, it's, it's brain mapping. Like, so we, yeah. um, it's, it starts at such a young age. And so even, you know, my little three-year-old who just, you know, came in the room, it, he's already started to learn how to navigate people based on the experiences that he's had. Well, right. when he's a pandemic baby, so if, if all his experiences have been with, you know, his same family members and his little tiny group of friends, if that never expanded, you know, and if yeah. our world never gets any bigger then just people who are like us, then that's really unfortunate because we don't know. Uh, we are missing so much, you know, our lens never gets expanded past what we, what we understand and what we're like. And isn't the truth, Heidi? So one, yes, everything that you just said, hundred percent. Don't you think that the hard part for us as parents with the vulnerability part is to teach our kids to go first, that you have to be vulnerable first and we as parents are so fearful for them of, oh, maybe this kid will say something about whatever. I think about my children um, and, you know, I, I've obviously mentioned that our children are adopted. They, they we, we adopted them through foster care. But the specifics of their story, I don't share because that's their story. It's their story to share. But I obviously know the specifics of their story. And there was a kid that they were interacting with pretty regularly uh, at a place we were going. And they kind of thought that kid was kind of rude. And they had made, I don't want to whatever with that kid because that kid's kind of rude. And it's not like a kid who was putting them in any physical danger. It's just a kid that they didn't like the way they spoke to people. And so while they were having conversation one day, they kind of found out that there was something in this kid's past and in their life that is very similar to a detail from their past. And I and one of my daughters shared with the other one, oh, that's like my life and shared it. And my other daughters were very upset because it's like you're throwing our business in the street. You're, you know, all this kind of stuff. But to be able to say to one of my daughters of, hey, you know, you being vulnerable and sharing your story. And now these kids, now our kids have become friends and they have seen past. Oh, I know sometimes I'm really easy to lose patience or lose temper because of all that's kind of happened and the way that kind of has made me sensitive and all these kind of things. Maybe that kid has the same kind of thing. And to, to watch them change their opinion of another person that they had written off and how Christ-like that is, that Christ was the one who was vulnerable for us. He made him, I mean, think about that. The God of the universe made himself into a baby. I mean, the most vulnerable thing. And he chooses to be vulnerable for the sake of us. And once again, I'm not saying you put your kids, if there's a physical danger, that's not what we're, we're trying to say. But often the people they write off is not, this kid's going to attack me. It's I just don't yeah. like the way this kid speaks to me. So I think so, it speaks to like a, a kind of a pretty big thing that we see in society, especially with parents, is that we want to protect our kids from so many different things. There's so much out there that we want to protect our kids from. But the way to protect them in those types of situations, to me, just from my personal experience, is to um, help them help them to build and establish a level of confidence that says that, okay, so this kid made fun of me because I do this thing or I look yeah. like this or I wear these, and the and that's true, 
And maybe to that person that's funny or like, you know, something to make fun of, but it's okay. You know, like you were talking about with your daughter, she was able to have the confidence in who she is, despite what has happened to say, Hey, that that's like how I, you know, that's the experience I went through. And so the, it's, it's interesting if you think about it, that we protect them by, by actually building them up and giving them confidence and then letting them go into these situations because we can't, you know, I have one that's out of the house. He's 19. I have zero control over who picks on him at work. (laughs) You know, I have no, no control over it. Is he still my baby? Oh, of course. I hope he's not listening to this, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, but the way that the way that you can do it and that you can, you know, sleep at night as a parent is by saying, I know that I've done my best to help them see that who they are and their unique self is valuable, the good parts and the challenging parts. And they can present that to people in such a way that, okay, if you don't like it, that's okay. You don't have to, but I I am, I am who I am. And this is my story, you know? Well, and I think when you get to that place where you can help your your children, you know, you're talking them through, hey, here's how to have this conversation. Here's how to do this. There is a safety net that because you're the safety net. They can come back to you and you can speak the truth. You don't want the first time for them to have those kind of interactions be when they're 15 and they're already hiding things from you and they're not going to tell you these things. But at five, they will. I mean, they're going to your three year old just came and give you a flower in the middle of <laughs> Uh, you know, filming a podcast because they don't have, they don't think there's no difference between me and mommy. I'm going to tell them everything. And Mm -hmm. so when I'm hurt, I'll tell them, but by the time they're 10, 12, 13, those, those, that changes. And so I think being able to talk to them about that. All right. I want to keep this moving because we're already running. This is a a longer one. Um, We may have to, I don't know, accidentally lose the footage where Sawyer slandered Chris Tucker. That may just happen. (laughs) I don't, that may have to cut it shorter, but um, I'm fine with that. I don't want people to dislike me. Okay. (laughs) They're coming for you. You're the villain. It's your job. (laughs) I'm a textbook people pleaser and Atlanteans (laughs) are probably pissed at me right now. (laughs) I'll tell you this much, dude. And you don't know this, baby. I, no one thinks about Chris Tucker. I, this is all a bit. No, no one thinks as much about Chris Tucker. Okay. Except uh, for you and Donnie. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe apparently. Uh, so, all right. So here is the conversation uh, though, that I think Sawyer, I, I want to get your input on. You had mentioned earlier that one of your favorite aspects of the movie is the character of Lee and kind of his perseverance. And uh, we had had a conversation before we started filming about this idea that, Really, when it comes to building relationships with people who are different than us, that's important just as people. Um, but really, there is no motivation to do this other than that Jesus told us to do it, that we were yeah. told to do this. This was the mission we were given to reconcile not only people to God, but people to one another, that this is what the church is supposed to be. And it is difficult. And sometimes the person we're trying to build a relationship with doesn't want us to do it. And for us as believers to have the kind of perseverance of Lee to say, I was ordered to do this, so I'm going to do it. And you and Heidi had both kind of talked about that, but sorry, I want you to, I want you to kind of talk about that uh, just for a minute of how we see that in the character of Lee. Yeah. So like, I think the most important story part is definitely when they kind of connect over their dads. I think the second most important story part. So like they, they get, they, uh, they go and they try and rescue the little girl is the thing and they fail and they get kicked off their case. So it happens a billion times in everybody comedy cop movie. Okay. 
Like n- nothing is atypical so far. But I think the moment that I love the most in the movie that is kind of like the most heartful for me is they get kicked off the case and Carter, Chris Tucker's character, basically has this opportunity. Like he, if we're at the beginning of the movie, Carter is just walking off the case. Like, fine, I'm done with this. Like, this is this is not worth it anymore. But he goes out of his way when uh, Lee is at his lowest to tell Lee's boss, hey, this guy cares about your daughter and you need to make sure that he's the one that finds her because he loves her and stuff like that. And I think like that's the most emblematic like journey that Carter goes on. And it also is just like this moment where like Lee is kind of like at his lowest and Carter gets to hold him up and stuff like that. I really love that moment. And I think, yeah, like as you were saying, it's almost very church church like. Like that's kind of what we're we're meant to be with each other is um to hold each other up in the gospel and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and I think in particular to honor one another and to yeah. be self-sacrificial in our love for one another and to say, uh, you know, as Carter did, like, hey, you may not respect me and the decisions I made, but Lee's in this for the right reason. And to be that way. Of, mm-hmm. of I'm going to honor one another. And and Heidi, you kind of picked up on that perseverance and talked about how the reason Lee does this is because he was he was kind of asked to by the guy he respects the most and how how that relates. Can you talk about how that relates to us as believers saying, I'm 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 I'm, I'm going to do this no matter what, because this is what my master told me to do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like uh, he comes to a totally, you know, foreign uh, place to him. And he only comes because his authority told him to, and he does not allow anything to like deter him from what he's supposed to be doing until his authority tells him, okay, you're done. You know? And when he, when he does say you're done, then he lets it go and he keeps moving, you know, keeps moving forward. But I think that the thing that kind of stuck out to me about that is that that is, that is, Essentially, if we do that, then at any point, no matter what the circumstances are or how, um, you know, crazy or uh, hard to navigate they are for us, if our focus is doing what our authority has told us to do, doing the right thing, regardless of the circumstances, you know, it's that it's that lesson that, you know, is kind of almost the foundation for everything. If we're doing what Jesus told us to do, then it doesn't matter how difficult people are or how, you know, out of place we feel or how insecure or vulnerable or any of that stuff, because, you know, going back to the confidence thing, our confidence is in Christ. And if we know that we're following our authority, then we don't have any, anything to be anxious about. Well, and I think that's right. And I think what ends up happening is it's just easier in churches for everyone to be the same and for everyone to just stick with people who are like them. And for us to teach our kids, Hey, move towards people who look different than you. And it might be difficult. I get that kid doesn't talk in a way that you like, and I'm not saying you don't tell that kid, Hey, that, that wasn't respectful or Hey, that was rude. You obviously hold kids accountable, but to be able to say these relationships are difficult and not to just say, Hey, just do that at school. I think that's important to do at school, but where it's supposed to happen is the church. And it's always going to be difficult in a place like school where this other kid has no interest in 
ever really cooperating with you. But the church is the place you're stuck in that class because we're coming to church and I'm not moving you out of that class. And you're going to be in that class with that kid who may be difficult and may whatever, uh, you know, to, to say that. Obviously, with your teenagers, that's when it becomes a bigger deal is when you got kids in youth group who go, I don't want to go to youth group because I don't like anyone at youth group. Too bad. You go to youth group and you're going to find ways to build relationships with these people because this is what this is what we do as followers of Jesus. But those seeds have to be planted younger. And that's what we're going to be about. And so obviously, uh, this is a great conversation to have with your kids, with your teenagers. And we think it'll help you uh, learn, uh, help them learn to love Jesus and his way of life and, uh, even more, which is really what we do on this podcast uh, besides, you know, diehard stand. Chris Tucker. So uh, that's. I like Chris Tucker in this movie. I want to make that abundantly clear. And you think he deserved an Academy Award for it? That is not even a little bit true. Uh, but I don't. I just don't understand. I don't understand. You know what? But I'm going to honor you, Sawyer, and just say, uh, any diehard stands that want to come after Chris uh, 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 Sawyer for uh, I messed that whole thing up. I, I'm tired. I missed a whole bit. Up. I don't even remember. We'll just end at that point. All right. Hey, very good though. Uh, we're glad you guys joined us on this week's uh, episode, and uh, we hope to see you next week.